Well, God bless all of you being here today. I want to share with us today how magnificent our God is. Brother Ken touched on some of it this morning. If we could ever realize how great he is and what he is to us today. And I appreciate all your prayers. I've sort of been out a couple of Sundays, or two Sundays, one Wednesday night, but thank the Lord has lifted me up through your prayers and the things of God. Amen. Praise God. I'm a little nervous this morning. It's been a while since I've been up here, but I'd like to take your Bible and turn to Psalm 78 and verse 41. Psalm 78 and verse 41. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 78 and verse 41. Appreciate Brother Sam filling in on a spur of the moment. Just appreciate that so much. Amen. All right, are we there? They turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. God has no limits whatsoever. He knows no limits and he has no limits. So they turned back and limited God. You might have to read all of Psalm 78 to read some of this. They set limits to God and his power in their minds. Our mind must be in contact and fellowship with our hearts to be in fellowship with God. We find in verse 20 it said, He smote the rock and the water gushed out and the streams overflowed. And then they said, Can he give bread also and can he provide flesh for his people. They saw water come out of the rock. They saw manna fall every day, but said, is God able to make flesh come to us? In there, you back up a little bit further there, in their heart, they did not believe that God could do that. And the Bible said they had forgot what he had done. I might encourage you, if you're having a little problem, the best thing to do is sit down silent before God and remember what he has done. Huh? Don't remember yesterday's bad thing, but remember what he has done. Had some wonderful testimonies in Sunday school class this morning, what God has done in their lives. I want to share with us, don't limit the one that has no limits. It's very easy to limit God. And offend him. Thessalonians says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to grieve him, but they, they grieved him and they limited him. They saw the dust turn to lice. They saw the Nile turn to blood. But, Brother Melvin, they didn't believe that God could prepare manna, anything more than manna. They didn't believe he could prepare flesh for you. I mean, believe it, God can supply you anything you need. The Bible said he supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. It's easy to limit God. Brother Ken didn't know what I was going to say this morning, 
but he touched on this morning, so we know we're on the right track. You can get so involved in world activities, you can limit God and not receive the blessings that God has for your life. God has things for us we cannot even imagine what he has for our lives. So they could not believe this. So what God does, he goes to work, and someone calculated this. It tells, it tells in the Bible how many miles was around the camp. And the Bible specifically said quail came in three feet deep. Three feet deep. If you would have been God, would you have answered them? He wanted to show them that he was what he said he was. How many believe this morning God wants to show us this morning, not tomorrow, next day, who he is and what he is and what he can do in your life right now? Hallelujah. They calculated that out. That's 105 million quail came in daily to feed them, to show them what he could do. How I many believe it? God can do anything that you need him to do right now. If you need a miracle, you can get a miracle right now. If you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can get it right now. Whatever you need, you'll get it right now. And the blessings of God. I watched the program of the morning. Way in the morning is is about the mother elephant. Now the mama elephant, the elder elephant mother in the tribe, in the herd, is the matriarch. She's in charge. And it showed this huge herd. And they said in that mother's trunk, there's 400,000 muscles that works for her benefits. All of a sudden, she raises her head and lets out a squeal and starts running. From the biggest to the littlest, ran after her. And wouldn't long, they got out of that valley where they was up on some high ground. Are you ahead of me right now? A mass flood came tumbling down out of the mountain in that valley and took everything inside and destroyed it. You say, how did she know that? God has put an instinct in her life that she could warn the whole herd. God has put something in us, the Holy Spirit, I believe, that he wants to awaken our lives like we've never seen before. When you see the danger, hear the danger, feel the danger, that God can lead you into a place of safety and security because he is, has all authority and power. God is so wonderful and big and magnificent. Like Brother Plum said one time, I'm so glad he let me in on this. Mark 6 and verse 5 said Jesus could do no mighty miracles. He said that's Mary's boy. He's illegitimate. I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. And said, furthermore, he come from Nazareth and says nothing good can come from Nazareth. I want you to know that God can take your life. I don't care where you come from and what you are and turn your life around just in a moment. It doesn't take next week. It doesn't take a next prayer meeting. It, it can happen right now here. He could not do my almighty miracle because their mindset, their mindset was that he couldn't do it. How many don't believe it? He can do it. You may say it from your mouth. You may say it from your heart that we really believe God can do what he said he will do. I believe he'll do it. I believe he'll do it this morning.
I'm convinced we are, miracles are happening right now in our lives. Something can happen, but it never happened before in our lives. Not to limit God. A God that has no limit. St. John 3.34 says he gives the Spirit without limits. Without limits. Now, I don't know how far a light year is. Anybody know? Peggy looked it up in, I don't know, some kind of dictionary, and I think she found it, but we couldn't figure out how far it was. There's too many zeros there. They say there's some planets out there that are so many light years from Earth. Scientists say that. Light travels at 160,000 miles, 186,000 miles per second. I don't know how far that is out there, Brother Don, but I know what that book says. It said the universe cannot hold him. He's too big. Your God is so big that the universe cannot hold him, and that God is so big wants to do something for you this morning. I believe that. Praise God. Something good. You know, I wish I could sing that or something good going to happen today, right now. Something good going to happen in your life. John Osteen, a few years before he died, he went to India to visit. He met a young pastor who was very poor, him and his family. They built a real small hut, all they could afford to build. But right next to his property was one of the wealthiest men in India. Beautiful crops, large dairy farm, everything was just so beautiful. Just, just beautiful. He was very wealthy, but he was stingy. His prices were so high, the local villagers were so poor, they could not buy. Property was everywhere. One day, Brother Clayton, ten cows got out of the dairy farm and came to the pastor's house. How many believe that? Listen, if God can talk to a donkey and tell that donkey to talk to a prophet... A God can talk to a cow. If God can talk to a whale and go go where and swim with that boat, you're going to catch Jonah. Hallelujah. I don't know where y'all feel what I feel today. I tell you, we, we, our God is so big, it's hard to explain how big he is. The farmer sent his servants over to get these ten cows. Ten in the Bible means testimony. Testimony. Don't limit God in your mind and your spirit and what you think God can do and can't do. I'm telling you, he can do anything, anything he can do. He, he has no limits. He don't know no limit. The farmer or the rancher sent a cow, owner sent and get over and got his 10 cows and carried them back home. The next day, what happened? What happened? What 10 cows, the same 10 cows, got out and come back to the pastor's house. Hmm? Well, I've never heard of such. I tell you, God can do things we ain't never heard of, make your ear tingle. He came and got them and carried them back home. What happened the next day? Same ten, same, I want you to remember, the same ten cows keeps getting out and keep going back to the poor man's house. But after quite some time, the farmer got aggravated with these ten cows, sent his servants down there and said, I want you to go down there and I want you to tell that young pastor those ten cows belong to him as of right now. The Bible said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Church, get ready. Get ready. Believe God can do mighty things right here in Queen City, in your house, in this church, 
Wherever he is, he's a mighty, miracle-working God. He took those ten cows and got some help and started milking them, cut the price, started selling to the villagers. They started to come in and buy them. Went along, he'd sold more than milk. He just changed, made butter and different things. First thing you know, he was wealthy. Huh? You said, Brother Billy, that's a fairy tale. That's in the Bible. I mean, that's not in the Bible. John Osteen tells his story. He was there to see it. Y'all want to hear page two? Oh, hallelujah. One day, the rich man came to his house, says, I'm broke. He said, you broke me. He said, I have no more. Can't sell no more milk. I'm broke. He said, here's what I'll do. My farm, my dairy farm is worth little or nothing. It's worth very minimum. If you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you and let you have it. Oh, hallelujah. The wealth of the wicked is what? Why did God show John Osteen that? Why is God showing us thing today? Let us know that his word is true and what he said he will do, he will do. It may take some time, but he will do whatever he would do when he's done. First thing know, the little pastor had 200 workers milking cows and taking care of the crops and everything. And the people in the village was able to gather in abundance. I believe with all my heart this morning, God wants us to gather in abundance that we have never seen before. God is not a God of scarcity or limited. He has no limit. And the God is blessing us today more than we can ever realize happening in our lives. There's a miracle in your house today, right now. There's abundance in your house. God is not a God. I'm going to get to this in again. A, a, a God of scarceness. He's a God of abundance. What he wants to do in our lives. How many of you ever heard of Catherine Kuhlman? She only had just a few songs she sung in her meetings. Before she ever came out, she'd ask God, which song would you like to hear today? We need to get in the habit of asking God, what would you like to, for, for me today? What would you like for me today? Don't ask God for more of the Holy Ghost. Ask God for the Holy Ghost to have more of you. That's what he wants to get more of us. It's a total surrender for us to get some things from God. And they asked her about her anointing, what she had. She said, well, prayer won't do it. Fasting won't do it. Reading the Word of God won't do it. You've got to be totally surrendered to God. Except you come like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You've got to be totally surrendered to God. It's recorded that she had over 2 million people healed during her ministry. It's recorded that sometimes she'd just walk out on the stage, and when she walked out there, the presence of God would be so strong, people would automatically start getting healed just like that. She died in 1976 in the hospital. It's recorded that the doctors and the nurses that gathered around her bed, her body glowed with a brightness before she slipped out in eternity. I believe that can happen right here. God is no respecter person. I don't know who he might mightily use that way. But God is in the healing business of your spirit, your mind, your soul, and your finances. He has abundance to give today. He shall supply all of your needs according to what? His riches and glory 
Ephesians 3 and 20 says, according of the power that worketh within you. There's got to be something working in us for us to see this miraculous things that God has in store for our life, the abundant things that are happening today. God not gives his spirit sparingly. He does not limit what he has to give. It is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. It's his good pleasure to bless you beyond measure today. Why don't you just say amen? Amen. amen. They forgot God and the wonderful glory of blessings of God. And Jesus taught abundance. Everything he taught was abundant. Now I want you to notice when you read the four Gospels, Nearly every miracle he created was spoken from his mouth first. It was spoken first. He tells Peter, launch out into the deep for what? A catch. What did Peter say? I may not just be preaching this morning, but I want you to know what did you say Peter said. He had something in his mind. Oh, I've done been out there and fished all night. I've done washed all my nets. I'm tired and I'm weary. I, I, I know more about fishing. He's not but 30 years old. I know more about fishing than what he does. He, Peter's an old man now. He said, I know more about fishing than he does. Somebody asked me to ask, if I was to call his name, you know who he was, to take his person fishing. He was known as a good fisherman. He said, no, I won't take that man fishing. He said, I ain't taking him no fishing. He said, how come? He said, I go to fish. If I don't fish, catch anything, I'm not there. To, I'm there what, Brother James? To fish. He said, I'm going to stay for catching anything or not. I'm there to fish. He said, if I take him, I know him. He's impatient. If he don't catch anything, he's going to want to come back. And I'm not going to come back, so there's no need taking him because I'm there to fish. What I'm trying to lay you a story about how this mind can mess up your miracle. Your feelings can mess up your miracle. He said, launch out into the deep for a catch. And what did Peter say? I, I, I'm, well, first of all, he said, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I done fished all night. I done tried and it don't work. Mm. How many ever heard of Sylvester Stallone? He tried to get a part, failed every time, 999 times. The hundredth time they hired him to play the role of Rocky. And if you know anything else, you, you, you know from there on out. Sometimes we give up when God is ready to give us the abundance. Because we listen to our mind, we listen to our feelings, we tried it before and it didn't work. But God said, I'm speaking to you today. So he's nevertheless, oh, glory to God. I'm going to do it. What do you think he was thinking about? It's nothing going to happen. So he rolls out, and how many nets? Jesus said, let down what? Nets, more than one. Nets. And he rolls out there, and what, what does he do? Now listen, he's still got this mentality. I'm asking God to help me in my spirit as I live every day not to think negative things and not have no ill feelings in any way whatsoever, but have only the feelings of God. And Peter only let down how many nets? He only carried one net. Why did he only carry one net? He wasn't expecting to catch anything. 
You may not be expecting something this morning, but I'm saying to you this morning, God is present here this morning to go beyond what's your expectation, to go beyond your feelings. He's ready to give you a miracle that you didn't think was possible. You've been waiting on a long time, but it's here today, right now, in this church today, your miracle is here. I might not be one to talking about this because I've been really down for about a week. I'm telling you, I, I won't go into the details. But God said, I want you to speak what I give you, whether you feel it or not. I'm learning whether I feel it or not, I'm going to speak it. I'm going to say it because God said, say it. Abraham, Sarah gained strength by looking at the promises in Romans 4. How many wants, want greater faith? Come on now, raise your hand if you want greater faith. You're going to have to learn to look at the promise and keep your eyes on the promise. That way you'll grow strong in faith and your miracle will come to your life. Whether you feel it or not, you begin to do what God says do. What happened when the net went down? What happened when the net went down? It got full. It began to what? It began to break. The ship began to sink. And what did they do? I want you to watch this. What did they do? They called for the partners who was out there watching. Glory to God. This church, not only this church, but this city, going to be so full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we're going to have to call in partners. That's what God is teaching in there. I'm greater than what you can imagine, what I can do. And that's what the partners are there for. Ready? Get ready. Jesus never did say pray for the harvest of souls. He didn't say that. He said pray for what? Somebody help me out. He said pray for what? Labors. How many know that we need labors in this nursery right now. Is that right? We need laborers in the nursery. When Jesus called Lazarus from the grave, he stood up and walked. I don't know how he stood up and walked with all that stuff still around him, but he stood up and walked. And what did Jesus say do? Do what? What did he say do? Why didn't Jesus release him? He left that to me and to you to make disciples. Ken touched on that this morning. We're here to make what Jesus raises up out of the grave. If y'all really knew who I was before I become what I am, you would have probably resigned me today. But I want you to know God can take the worst of the worst and turn it into something great. He can take your problems and turn it around today like you never thought before could happen in your life. The blessings of God is abundant on, on our lives. He said, pray for what? Labors. Why? Because the catch is going to be so great, you're going to have to mentor them. You're going to have to, ooh, glory to God. They're going to come in with some grave clothes on. They're going to come in with some smells on. This one pastor was going to build a church one time, and God told him, he said, if you'll go after those that the world or the church don't want. Hallelujah. I'll give you what they want and can't have. Listen, God wants us to go after those when they come into church, swarm around them, begin to mentor them. How many is ever when you, some of you raised in church, but how many, like I was, you come out of the darkness into this? Amen. I remember right after I started pastoring one time, I was so discouraged, and I was ready to quit. 
Uh, Peggy called Sister Laura said he's going to have a board meeting tonight. He's quitting tonight, resigning tonight. I don't know whether she prayed or who prayed or what prayed. I was down outside the church just down and out. I mean, I was down and out. And I won't tell you the man's name. I don't remember anything he said, but I remember him coming outside the church. I don't think he knew anything was wrong with me. But I want you to know when he got through talking to me, my spirit began to climb up. I want you to know God can put people in your lives when you're discouraged and disappointed and they don't have no inkling idea what's wrong with you. It's revealed to them by the Holy Ghost and their spirit will bear witness with your down spirit. And the first thing you know, you're going to be like Jeremiah. You want to come out and have a fire in your bones that you once lost. I believe it's time for the church to pray dry bones in my life come alive and rise up amen listen we need to speak to ourselves sometime and thou the only one has to talk to yourself sometime and speak to yourself about the glory and the power of God don't limit the one that has no limits don't limit him the wonderful thing well that's been 40 something years ago and I'm still here Oh, church, you ought to take credit for people to talk to you sometime and say things to you. They may not know one thing wrong with you. You're not told anybody anything. But God is able to do abundantly above what we ever asked to think. He's keeping me alive. Holy Ghost and fire is what? Keeping me alive. How many know why we're here tonight or this morning? Not anything we've done is because of what God is doing in our lives and blessing us. We're blessed going in. We're blessed coming out. We're blessed in everything we do. The wonderful things of God. When the people sinned against God, he sent a serpent to bite them. And what did God tell Moses to do? Build a brazen serpent and lift it up. And everybody looked on it. And the word look means to gaze, to stare, keep your eye on it. And all that looks shall be what? Can I be very bold this morning? We must learn to look at Jesus and Jesus only. Whatever you got a problem is, when you don't feel like nothing else, you look to Jesus. You hold Jesus in your vision. You keep the word in your vision. And the first thing you know, the things will begin to turn around in our lives. He is so magnificent, we cannot explain how big he is and how wonderful he is. 1 John 2.27 says, it's talking about the anointing with Jesus. It's where? Where is the anointing that was in Jesus? Where is it today? It's in you and in me. We have the same anointing. The Bible said we were baptized into one spirit with his spirit. We'd have his spirit. We're to have his mind. Am I the only one that lives for God have mind problems? I talked to someone some time ago, and they said, well, you're not supposed to be that way. You're the pastor. I said, I don't care if I'm the pastor. I am that way. I'm having a problem in my mind. You read about Charles Spurgeon, see what the problems he had in his mind. God is out to bless us and use us in our weakest moments and our weakest point. Don't never get to the place that you think God can't use you. One of Jacob's problems was his confession. Let me see if I got this right. It was his confession and what he said. 
And when he said something, it, it happened to him. And even the Apostle Paul had the same problem. He said, who can deliver me from this body of death? Who can deliver me? You may be crying today, who can deliver me? Jesus Christ of Nazareth has all power on heaven and in earth. He has the power and authority to deliver us from anything that we go through with. Don't think it's strange that you're the only one having some problems. You're not. Because God is ever with us in everything we do. Paul says these things, the wonderful thing. A mighty great catch they had. God is here this morning to bless us. I was talking to a man the other day I've never seen before. I just got to talking to him. And what a marvelous attitude he had. Jesus speaks of a great harvest throughout his ministry, a great things, great thing. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, what do you do? You receive power like we've never known before in our lives, the wonderful things of God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 said, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it in, in the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Peggy saw something the documentary like. I forgot what state it is. What is Arizona or Mexico out that way? Such poverty we don't even realize in our own country. Homes have no living waters or running waters, have no facilities, and they just barely get by right here in our own nation. We ought to be the most thankful people on the face of the earth. Well, I'm just barely getting by. The Bible says, and I got more than food and raiment. You know, I, you, you can look at me and tell I got more than just food and raiment. But if we got food and raiment, we ought to be thankful. We ought to worship God, give praise to God. He's supplying all of our needs. And I'm not saying we're not, but there ought to be a rise up like never been seen before among God's people. How blessed we are. We are blessed, so blessed in the wonderful things of God. And I believe... And I will speak it. The wealth of the wicked is going to come to churches like it's never been seen before. What's his name? The richest man in the world must. He's not now. He's not no more. Another done passed him. Oh, you say, why are they, why are they gathering all that? Well, it's going to come to the church. If we start speaking what the Word of God says, the wealth that will come to the church is not to make us wealthy and rich and all those things. It's to spread the gospel more to those that devastated and cannot do it. Amen. Listen, what would the man that won India, freedom from England, what was his name? Mahatma Gandhi. He did it without firing a shot. Did you know this very day, India has outpassed China in population, and they're rising up in the monetary system. Why? Because God is blessing that nation. I want you to know that every blessing, I don't care how evil, how corrupt a man is, a woman is, every blessing that comes in their life came from God. God allowed Abraham to go down to Egypt and become very rich, to come back out of Egypt and use him mightily for the things in the kingdom of God. Oh, church, we're blessed. We're so blessed. Everything we're blessed in. Sometimes we don't feel blessed, but when we are blessed.
It says in Jeremiah, it says this, Thus saith the Lord, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon the Gentiles like a flood. Let me ask you a question. Who's the Gentile? Who's he speaking about there? Who is the prophecy speaking about there? You, me, the Gentile. And he said, the glory is going to be seen up on you, and it's going to be of peace on you. If you listen, I don't watch the news, but I know some people does and keeps me informed. But we're living in a world of turmoil. It's not in Iran or Iraq over there. It's right here and on our home streets. There's war right here in our own cities. Such devastation like my age has never heard before. The very idea of basketball roll across a man's property and he pulls a gun and shoots him. This world needs the peace of God. Needs the peace of God. He said, you're going to see the glory upon the Gentiles. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you need the peace of God in your life? Oh, stress. A lot of things is causing a lot of sickness and problems when God wants the glory on your life. He wants the peace on your life. To rule your life in abundance, he said. I claim that scripture. I claim that. Jesus sent his 12 disciples out and his 70 out. I know Sam's been to the foreign fields and Starla's been to the foreign fields and she thought she was going to get trapped over there. Airlines and all kinds of things, but by the mercy and the grace of God, she got back. Peggy and I went to, uh, on a Brandon airline to Hawaii for a vacation. The church paid for us to go over there. It went broke. We had a terrible time trying to get way back. The people I worked out and said, Bill, you're so dumb. Said, I said, I don't know why they didn't keep you up there. I said, you're so dumb. I said, you know why they knew Brandon Airlines was going to go broke? That's the reason they sent you over on the Brandon Airlines so to be broken where you'd stay over there. Oh, but I tell you, we run into a friend over there. You know, when I can't, there's somebody God puts in your life that can. When you don't have contact, God puts somebody in your life that has contact. And the first thing you know, we caught a plane coming back. What I'm trying to say, you're blessed in everything you do. When you don't feel like you're blessed, you're still blessed. Lord of God, I, I wish we could just stand up and say, let the glory fall on me. Let this world see the glory of God. Let the world see that I am of God and the glory of God is on my life. Praise God. I was talking to a man the other day, worked for a business. He said, the other morning I went to work and I went in that place of building and said, I had my hands up and said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the, one of them came in and said, what in the world are you doing? He said, I'm clearing this place every morning of every evil spirit. It's in this place to get out of this place and let there be peace ruling in this place of business today. Amen. We ought to start praying. If we don't have peace, say, God, give me the peace of God to rule my life. Peace, sweet peace. I don't know where that goes like that, but just let it sweep over my soul. 
peace, the peace of God. Amen. I have not seen and ears not heard. And not entered in the heart of man what God has in store for him. Let's go back to the 12 and the 70. He sent them out, Brother Sam, with nothing. Is that right? If you read the scripture, he sent them out with nothing. Sister Sharon, he sent them out with nothing. He said, why would he do such a thing like that? He told them not to carry nothing with you now. You don't carry no money. You don't carry no credit card. You don't carry anything with you. You just go out there and you just preach. Nobody don't receive you. Don't get your feelings upset. Just go somewhere else and preach. He sent them out there, Brother Don, for this purpose. He wanted the world to see that he was supplying all of his disciples' need, and they would not have to depend on them. They were going to depend on him for all. How many does God wants us to depend on him for all the need that we have? Every need that we have, God can supply the need in abundance. I don't know what time I started, but maybe I better quit. The wonderful things of God. They were so blessed. When they come back, he asked them, said, did y'all have a lack of anything? They said, we didn't like nothing. I mean, that ought to be our testimony. I don't like nothing. God has supplied my needs. He supplied my blessing. He supplied everything I need and the wonderful things of God. The wonderful blessings of God, the blessing of Romans 12 and 11 says this. But if, how many don't like those buts and ifs in the Bible? Especially when they start at the beginning of a scripture. But if. Deuteronomy starts out that way. He said, but if. Listen to what he says here. But if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell, other words, abide in you, and he have raised us in Christ from the dead, shall also quicken your mortal bodies, and his spirit shall dwell in you shall dwell in you. I'm blessed. Here's the Jacob limited God when he said these words, all these things are against me. He limited God because he couldn't see no help. God is a present help when? And the Bible said in Psalm 78 and 42 said they remembered not his acts. Are they remembered not his hand? They forgot what he had done. And Paul fell in that same, falls in that same category. I think the reason these things is in the Bible to tell us they, they also went through some things. And we're going to go through some things. Psalm 78 and 42 said they remembered not him. Then we find in Romans 7 24, Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? God shall deliver. You ever got to place that you didn't know whether you'd be delivered or not? I tell you, God is so real and abundant. Have not because we're done what? Ask. Ask and you shall receive. This Bible, it's got such blessings in there, it's hard for me to comprehend. John 15 and 7 says, If you abide in my word, and my word abide in you, you could ask anything in the world, and I'll do what? Someone was looking in your Bible, did you find that? That's there. If you abide in my word, and allow my word abide in you, 
You can ask anything, and I will do it. Another place, he said, you ask anything in my name, Sister Rhonda Malam. He said, if you ask anything in my name, he said, I'll do it. Don't waver. Don't doubt. Ask, and you shall what? You shall receive. Amen. Praise God. How many find it's difficult when you're really sick? I'm talking about really sick. It's hard to quote the Word of God. It just seemed like it doesn't work. But I tell you, it will work. It does work. The wonderful blessings of God. The empowered of the anointing multiplies. God wants the anointing in our lives to multiply. Jesus increased in the anointing, and he wants us to multiply in our lives. Let me close on this. In the book of Acts, Acts 2, 47, Jesus added to the church. He added to the church. Acts 6, he stopped adding. It says he began to multiply. He began to multiply. And then he quit multiplying in Acts 6 and 7. Jesus multiplied greatly. He has not changed. The word is still the same. At one time, he added to the church, but he quit adding and started multiplying. And then he quit multiplying and started multiplying greatly. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There's a miracle in me today. There's a miracle in you today. Let's agree right now, no longer, never again, will I limit the one that has no limits. I'm not going to limit him. He's given me the Spirit, St. John 3:34, without limits. St. John 7 and 38 says, He give you rivers, mass floodings in your life. That flooding means spirit. Spirit flooding our lives. God bless you for being here today. We're going to have prayer in a minute. I want to encourage you. You say, well, I've been prayed so many times, I'm ashamed. Get prayed again. Get prayed again. In 1976, Peggy and I was at a Texas camp meeting in Lufkin, Texas. I went to a class with talk by Jimmy Jones. Not the Jones who killed all those people. It's a different Jones. He was diagnosed that he'd be in a wheelchair by the time he was 30. He'd be a cripple. Every service he went to church, he went to the altar and got prayed. Every service he got prayed for. He got prayed for. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. One Wednesday night he went. Wouldn't hardly know by there, but he went. What happened? Just a few people. What happened? Oh, God healed him. Sent him into the mission fields. Done a fantastic work for God. Your miracle is right in your house right now, right in your body, ready to come forth. God bless you for being here this morning. God bless you.